Welcome to the Thriving Solopreneur Show, where you learn the stories and systems that have turned hardworking, self-employed business owners like yourself into highly successful, leisurely entrepreneurs. This show is dedicated to those who went into business for themselves because they had an idea or suggestion that ignited their passions to do more, to do it better, and to solve a problem in our community. Whether your business started in a basement, a garage, or at a kitchen table, this episode will bring to you a system, a tip, or an entrepreneur that has been where you are and can guide you to living the fulfilling life you desire for yourself. Here's your host and serial solopreneur, Janine Bolin. Hello and welcome to the Thriving Solopreneur Show. I am Janine Bolin and are you so lucky today? Yes, you are. You are a lucky solopreneur. Why? Because today we have Krista Berry with us. And what is amazing about Krista, she's not only a career coach and speaker, but she helps women create balance. She helps them advocate for themselves and to find happiness in work and life. She also is the founder and CEO of She Goes High. More on that later on in the interview. And that is an introverted, I'm sorry, let me say that again, an introvert focused women's leadership organization based in northern Colorado. And the thing that's so important about that is we hear a lot about networking and how to get together and everything. Um, it really does cater to those who are very extroverted. But for those introverts, this is something that Krista has like, there's a need for these people to have a safe or, uh, place to go to. So thank you so much for joining us today, Krista. So happy to be here. Thank you for having me, Janine. Um, Janine. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just, you know, just roll with it. We're just going to make it happen today. Um, anyhow, we were talking before we started uh, getting on the show, we were talking a little bit about the road of becoming a business owner and the idea and the energy and the excitement and the passion. And then you get into the nuts and bolts, the day to day. And if you don't have a routine for yourself and if you don't have systems, you can crash and burn pretty fast. So kind of talk to us a little bit about what you learned when you first started, because you had passion, you had energy, but you wanted to make sure you harmonized with the rest of your life. So talk to us a little bit about that journey for yourself. Yeah. And you know what? I'd love to go back just a little bit before when I first had the idea to start this business, because I knew I wanted to start a business and I intended to start a business. I left my corporate job. I quit my corporate job. I got a part-time job thinking like, I'm going to do this business. I'm going to go all in. And so I kind of dabbled. I joined a mastermind. I did a few things. I was already on social media. I was already blogging. I had been blogging for years at this point. And so I kept doing some of those things, but I really didn't get started. It took me about three years after actually leaving my corporate job to get started. And I want to share this story because I think there's a lot of us out there that either are like waiting to get started or we've just gotten started. And I just want you to know that, you know, it can be normal to be slow to get going. That's, that's totally okay. And sometimes that happens, not always, but sometimes that happens. So it took me about three years to really get started. And what actually got me serious about my business, when I went all in on my business was when I got fired from my part-time job that I had at the time. And I knew the job wasn't working out before I got fired. And I shared some feedback with my boss that she did not appreciate. 
Um, I was hoping that the feedback would help us improve things, but what it ended up really doing was um, making her very unhappy and uh, causing a rift in the relationship. And so she fired me and I thought to myself, this is great. This is the opportunity I've been looking for because you know what? I am not going to go get another part-time job just to bridge the gap. I'm either going to do this business or I'm going to give up this idea. And guess what I did? I'm doing this business. I'm all in. (laughs) And, you know, having that, that really clear breaking point and getting fired in particular, I mean, I quit my corporate job, right? But I didn't really quite get going because I had that part-time job as a safety net and I didn't really know exactly, you know, where, how to get started and what to do. So, you know, I just kind of went along without really getting going until I got fired. And that moment I got fired was just like so much clarity. And I was like, I'm doing this. I am all in and was like, it's been three years. I've been kind of tiptoeing around this without really doing it. And I was like, that's it. I'm doing it. Uh, So that was my start. And, you know, I don't have any regrets about that at all. Um, And as far as like, if I were to go back now and give advice to myself, you know, I would say, take the plunge a little sooner, you know, just like really go all in a little sooner. I think sometimes those, we might stay in a full-time job or stay in a part-time job and it becomes like a crutch right? It doesn't actually help support us in getting the business started. It becomes something that keeps us from really going all in in the business. So I'd like to go back to where you're like, I I really didn't get started because I'd like to know, really hammer out those details. So for me, I know I'm starting a business when I get my business account. Like Mm -hmm. I open my business checking account. I open up a Venmo account for that business. I have my PayPal together. I get all the money parts together so that, and this is before I have dollar one coming into the business because I want to differentiate it from my personal account. So are you talking about that getting started? What what does it mean for you when you say, I really didn't get started? What does that look like? Help me out here. Yeah, great, great point of clarity, Janine, because Prior to getting fired, I hadn't set up the business bank accounts. I hadn't registered the LLC. So I had a website. I had social media accounts. Like I said, I'd been blogging for a while. So I already had an existing website, social media accounts. Um, I was doing some activity around that. I was doing some consulting work a little bit, but I wasn't really all in on it. And, and, you know, that was the moment that I really got serious about it, right? I registered the LLC, I opened the business bank accounts and was like, we're, I'm really doing this and I don't have a crutch job. You know, I'm not just bringing in a little bit of consulting income here and there randomly under my, my own name and my social security number, right? Because you can do that as a freelancer or self-employed person. You don't necessarily have to set up an LLC and get separate business bank accounts but it's better and cleaner if you do. And it's really a commitment to yourself when you take that step, right? Like when you get that LLC and you open that business bank account and you register for an EIN with the um, IRS and, you know, so that you don't have to use your social security number, you can use your business EIN and those things. So I did all of those steps after I got fired. Okay. Thank you. Because that's one of the things that we have this path in our head of 
what our ideal is. And then we have what we actually do. And so one of those things is I always talk to people about the systems in place. So you go and you get your LLC. It's very inexpensive, especially here in the state of Colorado. You can go down to your local bank. They'll set it up for you. It's it's incredible, right? What, what we do now versus what we used to have to do. And then once you get the money set up, like this is where money's going to funnel and these are the accounts I'm going to use to funnel my money. And sometimes people get so excited about their website or branding themselves and I'm like, whoa, back up, start at the money because if you're in business, you're in business to make money. Now, yeah, we wanna have a high impact, we wanna serve our community, but let me tell you one thing, if you don't stay profitable, you're not gonna stay in business long. So you really need to focus in on the money. So if you don't mind, Krista, cause you're really good at, at tweezing apart these things, let's talk about that emotional commitment when women have a passion, but they don't wanna make money at it. And that is where I see good quality ideas that businesswomen will come up with that just f go down in flames. So talk to us a little bit about that. Honey. Absolutely. And you know, there's this shift that happens when we go from being employee to entrepreneur. And we're used to thinking of like the hourly rate equivalent um, as what we might have gotten paid by as an employee. But what we don't always realize is that there are a lot of business expenses that go into employing people, that when you become an entrepreneur, now you have to take that on, right? Um, you know, self-employment tax, insurance, like all of these different things. And so one of the biggest shifts I see, or one of the biggest mistakes that I see when um, women go into business for themselves in a service-based business in particular, is, you know, if you were making $20 an hour as an employee, you know, the idea of charging $100 an hour seems like, oh my gosh, you know, that's, that's like this huge pay raise. But if you've actually been in business for a while, you know that charging $100 an hour doesn't mean you're actually getting $100 an hour per hour you work, right? Because <laughs> the amount of time you get paid for is very, or can be very different from the amount of time you're actually working on your business and in, in your business. Um, so that's like kind of the first shift is like kind of getting over that hump and, and not thinking like an employee because you have all these other expenses and you have to do all this other stuff yourself. And every hour you get paid, you don't get paid every hour that you work in most cases. So that's like an immediate first shift, I think, is like getting over that hump. And I advice that I heard right when I got real, after I got fired and I got real about my business, I went to a, a, a training conference. And I remember two things, my, my two really big takeaways from that conference from the teacher was the first one was if you're in a service business, you should be charging no less than hundred dollars an hour. And I remember it was like, like what, like how, how does that, you know? <laughs> um, but you know, that is kind of a starting point and your mileage may vary. I mean, you may need to be charging a lot more than that, or, you know, depending on your business, um, you might be able to get away with an $80 an hour rate, but, you know, really think about that hundred dollars an hour as a starting point. I really encourage women in service-based businesses to start there. And my other really big takeaway from this training I went to right after I got fired, it was like two weeks after I got fired, um, was your thousand dollar offer that the teacher kept talking about what's your thousand dollar offer. And it doesn't mean that you actually have to have an offer that is exactly a thousand dollars. But you know, so many of us, I think we start off by thinking, well, it'll be easier to sell something smaller to more people. 
And, you know, I already had a built-in audience with my blog and my social media. And so, you know, I would fall into that trap of thinking, well, I've got this built sort of built-in audience already. Um, so I can make more money by charging a less amount to more people. But the truth is, and I experienced this for myself after I heard this advice at this training that was so value by, valuable, by the way, um, but is that it's actually often easier for people to invest in the little bit higher priced offering than a lower priced offering because the less people pay for it, the less they tend to value it, the less they tend to commit to it the less they tend to really be all in. It's like how many courses, how many online courses have you purchased for a low cost and never even opened the course or did like one or two of the lessons or modules and never finished it, right? Because if the price point is too low coming in, it's not even that that course or that individual that you're working with doesn't have value. It's that we don't tend to make the same commitment. But when it's at least a little uncomfortable to hand over the credit card. There's this energetic commitment that happens. And the cool part about that is it serves the client. It doesn't just serve the entrepreneur because the thing is, is like you want your clients to see results, no matter what kind of work you do with them, you want them to get value out of it. But the truth is, is they're not gonna get value necessarily by you working really hard. They're gonna get value as much from themselves opting in and committing. And that happens with a higher price tag. I agree. So let's go back to the price point again, because the $997 um, uh, offer, as we say, the $1,000 offer, I have a tendency to do 997 on a lot of my offers. So, but let's talk a bit about service-based and hourly wages. One of the things that when I'm coaching my people on is like, okay, so what is, what is the highest level that you can offer uh, without choking on the number? And somebody will say, okay, $115 an hour, but you can tell that even that's a struggle. And I'll say, all right, you need to add 30% to that. And people freak out. And I'm gonna go, honey, you gotta pay taxes now. So whatever you can barely say, and, and you're kind of choking it out, realize you gotta charge more than that because one third of what you make goes to, goes to the government. And so I just wanted to to state that when we start talking about prices and you guys can't see this, but Krista's sitting here radically nodding her head. Yes. Um, is because we forget as you were, you were very beautifully saying about be going from being an employee to a business owner. Okay. So I think we've beaten that beautiful horse enough on that one, but it's like, seriously, people, if you're service-based, you've got to take this into account. Mm -hmm. So thank you for sharing those two, excellent examples of what you learned in that training. But now talk to us about where you are on your journey, how many years you've been in business now, and some of the lessons that you have really integrated and are working for you. Let's talk about what really works for you. Absolutely. So I've been in business about five and a half years and I survived 2020 in business. Yay, just barely, but still it counts. <laughs> And, you know, I'm, I'm pivoting, right? Because that's also, I think, something that happens really naturally as entrepreneurs is that you pivot to the market. A big mistake that I've seen a lot in small business in my career, I worked with a lot of small businesses or in a lot of small businesses. And the ones that I saw fail, honestly, were the ones that had a great idea at the moment that it was a great idea. 
and then didn't have the ability to keep their finger on the pulse of like the industry, their audience, what was happening and, and adapt. And it's not even just about adapting to the audience and the industry. It's also to yourself, because as you grow as an entrepreneur, you may find your own interests start to shift and change or peak and wane, you know, depending on where you're at. So I've been in business about five and a half years. I started off um, career coaching was my primary income source. That's what I did. I was a career coach. I worked with people one on one. And I really loved that work, but it's also very difficult to scale one-on-one work. And I found for myself that my ability to serve my clients, you know, I know other coaches and I know therapists and other people that work one-on-one with clients that can see like 10, 15, 20 clients a week. I am not that person. I don't know whether it's because I'm an introvert or what the dynamic is, but if I see three clients in a day, I'm pretty tired at the end of the day. I mean, I love it. I'm exhilarated by the work, but like also totally exhausted at the end of the day. So again, you know, I had a scaling problem. And so what I have done, I'm no longer taking on any one-on-one clients and I have really shifted my business. So right now, you know, a couple of years ago, um, I started She Goes High. We talked a little bit about that, right? And as an entrepreneur and as a business owner, you know, when I was starting this meetup group, She Goes High, Um, I heard a lot of advice from other people to create a group that was going to support my business. And I'll be completely honest with you, that isn't the group that I wanted to create. Um, My group overlapped a little bit with my career coaching, but it didn't really funnel into my career coaching. And so I was a little bit of a rebel and I was like, I'm going to create the group that I really desire, you know, focus on introverts, a focus on Um, you know, getting to know people in community and connection over transactional relationships, over here's my business card, over elevator pitches. I hate elevator pitches. (laughs) And so I created the group that I really wanted. And what was amazing to me is that very first event that we had prior to the event, I told a friend of mine, I said, I will be happy if five people show up. I'll be ecstatic if 10 show up. Because I did, did some research on, you know, starting a meetup group, and it, it often can be slow to get going. The first She Goes High event we had, I think there were 21 or 22 women in the room. Less than half of them I personally knew. So it was mostly people who did not know me. And the group just really took off. And it helped me realize how much that this group that I wanted, that I desired, so many other women were looking for that too. And so She Goes High really took off in a very significant way. And that has become really the primary thing that I'm doing now instead of one-on-one career coaching is supporting and running and growing She Goes High because I feel so passionate about it, because I love the work and I can see that there's so much of a need for it and that the women who show up are so engaged and really looking for that connection as well. And so, you know, that's been kind of the biggest thing is like sometimes the advice that they give, you know, is like to do everything to support your business. But I really encourage entrepreneurs to also be in connection and be in your intuition with your joy, with your pleasure and what you really want, as opposed to like following really traditional business advice coming up with a plan that you can see the path forward. I mean, I'm all about having a plan strategically, 
But, you know, sometimes that golden idea is not the idea. You don't know that you're stumbling into it until you've gone into it, but you have to give yourself some freedom to explore that. And it was really the same with my book. I wrote my book, Beautiful Badass, How to Believe in Yourself Against the Odds. And again, it's not a business book and it's more of a memoir um, slash self-help book around my journey growing up in poverty and mental illness in my family and overcoming those challenges. And, you know, a lot of people were like, well, how does this relate to your business? Like directly career coaching. And I was like, you know, again, there was like some overlap, but it didn't directly correlate. And I was like, you know, this is just the book I'm being called to write. And again, it's, this was another area, the book and she goes high to where really following my passion and my purpose opened up a whole new level of my business and shifted me away from the one-on-one that I did enjoy, but wasn't scalable and wasn't sustainable for me personally long-term to she goes high working in a group and in a community. And my, my book just really being about the messages that I pull in there, imposter syndrome, believing in yourself, overcoming obstacles and odds. And I'm so thrilled with where my business is at right now. And it's really taking off in so many ways because I know these messages are resonating with people. And I think that's the key. When you're in business the first three to five years, you do need a lot of assistance and there is high quality advice out there, but there comes a point, you're four or five, uh, it depends on the business. For me, it was definitely year four where I stopped listening to all the advice and I had a heart to heart. I went on a business retreat and I secluded myself away from my family, friends, everything. And I sat in nature and secluded myself and decided, okay, what is it that I really want? And that is the key. When you get into that level of authenticity, you start doing things your own way and then your community resonates with you on that. And so I love the fact that you talked about that in every element, like you created the meetup group you wanted to have, you created the book you wanted to read. And in my case, I created the podcast or I created the online courses. I always wanted people to teach and I, I did it my way. And I encourage other business owners to do things their way. After you've been in business almost four years, really start cranking that uh, aspect of it after you've learned some of the basics, <laughs> such as open your business account. <laughs> right. Well, it's, it's that balance. It's that idea, do what you love and the money will follow. And that is both true and not true, right? Yeah, I agree, not, 100%. If you're not doing what you love, it's not sustainable over time in most cases. But so do what you love, but the money doesn't just follow just because you're doing what you love. You, you still do need to have a business structure. You need to have, you know, um, business know-how. You need to have, you know, solid strategies that you know how to implement and you need to be doing the implementation work. You need to be taking action daily. And I mean, daily, taking action daily to move your goal forward. And so it's really that combination of do what you love, but also have the know-how behind you, take action consistently, be consistent in your business. And that's really the sort of the magic formula, if you, you know, in my opinion. <laughs> no, it, it makes sense to me. So we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. But are there any little nuggets of wisdom you care to, you've given us so many wonderful pieces of gold already, but anything else you care to share with us that we haven't talked about yet? 
you know, I want to reiterate this idea that we touched on a little bit. And in my one-on-one career coaching, I talked about this a lot with my clients. And it's this idea that, you know, like, for example, when you're looking at a job seeker, most people will apply for the job they think they can get rather than the job they truly want. And so really being connected, knowing where your desire is, knowing what it is that lights you up, knowing what it is that you want is so powerful and important. And if there's something that you want and you just don't know how to make it happen, that doesn't mean you shouldn't do that. That means get help on the how. There's lots of great business coaches, consultants, programs, and things that can help you with the how part. But I absolutely invite you and encourage you to really be connected. What is it I truly want? What would really light me up? Even if I don't know how, or it seems impossible, or I feel a little bit scared of that idea, kind of like the increasing the price 30%, like it's already a challenge to think about that. Now you're asking me to make it bigger. Whatever your dream is, pick that dream that's a challenge to think about and add 30%, like think of making it a little bit bigger because you can get help with the how, you can learn the how, um, but if you don't know what you want, it can be a lot of wheel spinning and doing what you think you should as a business owner without getting a lot of result. And I will add that with a little bit of a story, which is when you look at my websites, they're not sexy. Uh, my websites are pretty stripped down and very simplistic. And that was because I got tired of paying thousands of dollars for people to design it. So I went out and learned it myself. I learned the how. Thank heavens for all those wonderful millennials that were sitting there doing YouTube videos for people just like me struggling to figure that out. Now, I'm not saying that's for everybody. But I always tell people, be kind when it comes to my websites. And I know you. there's a million ways I could make these better and look more professional, but I coded them myself. Why? Because I wanted people to be able to find information. And so I had this one guy who's a big website designer and he was like, gave me the best compliment last week. He said, Janine, your websites are very clean. I very rarely run into websites that are this clean. And I was like, almost wanted to cry because this guy <laughs> is such a pro. And I went, I did it myself, thank you. And that's what I want for every business owner is that you do something yourself and you figure out the how yourself so that you can really put the impact where it needs to be, which is in my case, it was in the content and being able to move people to a better place. So Krista, how can somebody get a hold of you? Maybe they want to find out more about She Goes High or they want to buy your book. I mean, what's the best way for cute little introverts like me to find you? <laughs> Absolutely. So the best one-stop shop is my website and that's at liveandlovework.com. So at liveandlovework.com, you'll find a link to She Goes High, you'll find a link to my book, you'll find out more about me as a keynote speaker, and it will take you to all those places. So that's a great place to go. And I also encourage people to look me up on LinkedIn and connect with me there. Uh, LinkedIn, I love LinkedIn for that. So thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate you being with us. Krista Berry is with us today. And I'm Janine Bullen with The Thriving Solopreneur. And remember, keep those feet of yours firmly planted on the ground while you're reaching for your stars. We'll chat with you next week. Thank you for listening to The Thriving Solopreneur Show. We hope you found this episode helpful and uplifting. Be sure to visit us at janinebolin.com forward slash podcast, where you'll find a library of videos, books, and podcast programs to guide you to the future you envision for yourself. We also ask that you visit our sponsor, the8gates.com 
for the books and online courses that share with you the debt-free living lifestyle that allows business owners like yourself to flourish. Have a great day and see you next time.